Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, welcome America. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this program, delighted to have you today. It is free for all. You can call in about topics I'm not going to talk about. If you're on the phones, be patient with me. I do want to talk to you. But I got to fill you in on this story first from my buddy Stephen Gutowski over at The Reload. Let me start here. Uh, I mentioned I did an event last year at a place north of Atlanta called Governor's Gun Club. It's the largest indoor skeet shooting facility uh, in the Western Hemisphere. It's giant. I mean, you can go in. They got traps at it's a really cool place. I need to get back up there. They've got a restaurant. It's like a country club, but instead of golf, you shoot guns. And it was a very cool place. And uh, I just, I mean, the, the people were as nice as they could be. The food was fantastic. And I did not get to shoot, but they had a number of gun ranges. They had ranges for rifles. They had ranges for handguns and shotguns. They had the skeet shooting area. It was designed off of an Olympic training facility in Austria, uh, which is the only one in the world that is comparable to it. And their bank abruptly closed their bank account. They had gone worked for with a smaller bank that had got bought by a bigger bank. And out of the blue, the bank said, we can no longer do business. Would not put in writing why, though someone on the phone fairly explicitly said it was because they were a, a gun range. But in writing, would not put it in writing and literally told them, we're sending you a check in the mail. I mean, this is what happened. They had payroll to meet. They had payroll to meet. And the bank says, we've closed your account and we are going to send you certified funds. They were given no choice. They were given no right to appeal. They were shut out. And of course, you know, even my skepticism in these sorts of stories is maybe there had to be something else. But no, no. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, actually, I, I mentioned this story. And Senator Tim Scott, who's on the banking committee, reached out to me and said, this is becoming a pattern with some banks around the country. And they don't want to deal with gun stores. They don't want to deal with gun manufacturers. Insurance companies are the same way. Uh, they have embraced uh, the anti-gun agenda. Is kind of a backdoor way to get gun control is these groups that can't get the government to do gun bans are getting banks to stop doing business with them. Now there's this from Stephen Gutowski at The Reload. Wells Fargo abruptly ended its business with a well-known gun dealer in a move emblematic of the increasing hostility big banks are showing towards the firearm industry. With little explanation, the bank closed the business and personal accounts of Brandon Wexler just before Christmas. After 25 years with a personal account and 14 years with a business account, Wexler was given about a month to find a new bank. As owner of Wex Gunworks in Delray Beach, Florida, Wexler has been cited in countless major media reports for years, but Wells Fargo said his business had suddenly become too risky. Wells Fargo performs ongoing reviews of its account relationships in connection with the bank's responsibilities to manage risks in its banking operations, the bank said in a December 22nd letter to Wexler. We recently received reviewed your account relationship, and as a result of the review, we will be closing your above-reference accounts. 
Another letter sent the following day informed Wexler that Wells Fargo was canceling his business line of credit and said the reasons for this action is banking guidelines excluded lending to certain types of businesses. But the letter offered no further details, and Wexler said none of the officials at his local branch offered him either. I've been with him for 25 years, he told the Reload. I'm a professional fireman. I do everything the right way. It's messed up. Allison Vale, a senior communications manager at Wells Fargo, told the Reload the bank didn't have anything to add. She did not reply when asked if the bank had a new policy against working with licensed gun dealers. Wexler has been cited in stories by the New York Times, the Washington Free Beacon, CNN, ABC, and many more publications said nothing had changed with his business. He said he believed the move by Wells Fargo was motivated entirely by animus against the gun industry. Quote, it feels like a direct attack against gun dealers. This all just happened recently, and we've been in business for many years. I've never seen anything like this. The National Shooting Sports Foundation, which represents gun makers and dealers, said what happened to Wexler is part of a growing trend. The nation's largest banks have been actively cutting ties with gun makers and dealers for years in an attempt to force the industry to stop selling firearms, such as the popular AR-15, that executives disapprove of Americans owning. The effort was initiated as part of an Obama administration program known as Operation Choke Point, where regulators pressured financial businesses not to do business with disfavored industries. After the program was exposed and discontinued, BMS like Citibank and Bank of America still enacted policies against working with companies that sell guns and ammunition. Wells Fargo was a notable exception. It resisted efforts by activist investors. It never publicly announced a policy against working with gun businesses. However, they've been signaling a shift against guns. In 2019, it committed to donating $10 million to gun violence research. A year later, it cut ties to the NRA. Now it started uh, quietly cutting decade-long ties with gun manufacturers and gun dealers. Okay. I, I've got I, I to talk about this in, in more specifics and less generalities because this is a real problem. A lot of progressives are on the boards of a lot of financial institutions. And a lot of the CEOs of these companies are pretty liberal. Even among banks in this country, uh, the upper echelons of the banking industry are pretty liberal. And they don't like guns. The Obama administration began a program behind the scenes during his years through regulatory outlets to pressure banks to cancel ties to gun manufacturers, gun makers. They also did it to insurance companies to cancel ties to ammunition uh, companies and to gun companies. It was exposed and they stopped the program, but it's still happening behind the scenes with progressive activists who are trying to get on boards of of banks and get them to not do business with gun companies. At some point, the conservatives are going to have to fight back on this, probably very much like with ESG, where conservative states say they will not do business with banks that refuse to do business with gun companies. The left is already in a position where they're doing this with states saying, we're not going to do business with you. If you do business with gun manufacturers, the right has to respond in the exact same way and force some level of neutrality among these companies. 
Wells Fargo, Bank of America, the like, they're all progressive to begin with. They're all in on the diversity, inclusion, and equity agenda. All of them are. And all of them are easily persuaded by the left to oppose gun makers, gun dealers, ammunition manufacturers. You got to strike back. Some states are beginning to pass laws saying you cannot demonstrate it. You cannot discriminate against the firearms industry. In Oklahoma, uh, a FIND Act has been introduced, and the FIND Act essentially prohibits uh, discrimination against gun manufacturers. Texas is investigating uh, J.P. Morgan and Citibank for discrimination against gun manufacturers. Uh, One of them, I think Remington, one of the gun manufacturers, uh, has moved its headquarters to Georgia. I would submit the Georgia legislature should pass legislation prohibiting financial institutions from discriminating against the firearms industry. Pass that law and give them some protection and refuse to do business with banks that discriminate against the firearms industry. There is a way to fight back on this stuff. You do not have to surrender it. But there's something more here too. I'm a little bit perturbed and concerned with the hucksterism of some people purportedly on the right who are starting to build financial institutions that are branded as anti-woke. I'm not opposed to building financial institutions and others that are anti-woke. I do an endorsement on this program for Patriot Mobile. They're a Christian conservative cell phone company, and they were actually chartered with the purpose of building their profits and contributing to the conservative movement because it's what progressives have done. Progressives started a cell phone company that did this and Patriot Mobile is the response. But there have been a couple of instances, including a high-profile Wall Street Journal story about a group that was trying to start a bank. They were building it as an anti-woke bank. It was backed by a few people and the whole thing collapsed. There are others out there doing it, um, and I am, I, I just, I, I, this is the next round of grifterism on the right, where the grifters come in and they take advantage of people claiming they're going to start some sort of bank, and they're going to, they're, they're going to take advantage of you and your money, and they're not going to give you a sound financial operation, and it's coming, and some people are going to lose their shirts because of it. But there really is an opportunity for some regional and smaller banks out there to step up on this. There are a lot of small banks. They want to become big banks. And many of the small banks want to become acquisition targets to bigger banks. But there are some banks out there that I think the market is right for these banks, regional banks, to step up and fill the void. And I wish they would. You know, it is ironic that Wells Fargo is getting in on this given that their logo is typically had a man on a stagecoach with a gun. I mean, anyone who was driving himself, because a buddy of mine just texted me and pointed that out. The uh, stagecoach drivers had a shotgun over their shoulder, typically. Got to fight off the engines, don't you know, and the bandits. It's sad to see it come to this, but this is the next front. The left has realized that There are things they will never be able to have the votes for government to do. And so what they are doing is trying to force private businesses to do the things they can't get government to do. 
And I do believe this requires conservatives to respond in kind and in some cases to force investigations at the state level and in some cases step up and respond with competition and build new financial institutions. If you were a conservative with the means and know-how and wherewithal to actually create, establish, or take an existing bank and go to these gun companies and say, you can do business with us, you would probably grow your business given gun sales in this country. You would probably grow substantially. Not every bank is going to be taken over by the wokes, and some new ones will step in and fill the void. I believe in the free marketplace in this. But I also believe the time is now to do it because I absolutely understand that we will eventually get to more hostility in government towards these banks. So you better get established as soon as you can and get it done. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's refunds with an S, Pro. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, 877-973-7425. Let's see if I can get some phone calls in here. Uh, Roger, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how are you today? Good. How are you? Uh, Lots of problems this year, but I'm doing okay at the moment. Good. All right. You were talking about the the place in Delray that uh, is losing their Wells Fargo account. Is that correct? The bank, right. yeah, the, the gun store, yep. Yep. Well, John Rich, you know, from Big and Rich Country Music fame? Uh-huh. He and is a, a partner in this bank, a new bank. It's called Old Glory Bank. And it's set up to to where anybody that the, the big banks now are canceling, they're going to accept. The oil industry, the gun industry. Let's see if I can find it here. Okay, so yeah, this is one of the ones I I was was thinking of. I know is doing this. I just pulled up their press release. It's Old Glory Holding Company. Um, They purchased First State Bank of Elmore, Oklahoma. Um, And it's it's chartered FDIC. Uh, Ben Carson is one of the co-founders of it with John Rich. Uh, And they're going to cater towards uh, veterans, the military, gun stores, gun companies, um, I mean, th- so here's here's the board: uh, Ben Carson, Larry Elder, uh, former Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon, um, Tony uh, Diest, uh, Dan Schneider, um, Clay Christensen is going to be a managing partner. Will be the CEO, uh, and then it's got uh, ties into oh oh gosh yeah Bill Shine. Uh, Bill Shine's a friend of mine. Bill Shine was uh, the number two at Fox News for a number of years. 
Um, I, I know Bill Shine. This is okay. Look, if Bill Shine's involved, it's it's probably going to be a a real legitimate, re- regardless of whether John Rich is involved or not. Uh, if Bill Shine is going to be the executive chairman, uh, he was the former co-president of Fox News. This is this is going to be good. Um, Old Glory is the name of it. Um, all right. I okay. Those of you on the phones, when I come back from break, be patient, please. I'm going to come to you right out of the gate. But I can't right now because I've only got about a minute here before I got to get into stuff I got to get into. Um, so John Rich is going to be a co-founder and stockholder of Old Glory Bank. He says it's been dismaying to see the political weaponization of the financial system. Old Glory Bank was created to be the full banking solution for folks who believe in freedom and greatness in America. You know it's going to be uh, so they're going to start first quarter of 2023. They got a website Old Glory Bank. Dot com, uh, where they intend to do business. Uh, this one looks legit as opposed to some of the others, in large part because they've bought a existing bank out of Oklahoma, taken over its FDIC chartering and the like. Um, uh, sporting events can be canceled. People should never be. Uh, good for them. I'm intrigued by this, and they do have their FDIC and, and lending and all of that, so we'll see where that goes. Okay, uh, this is why I couldn't take a phone call, but be patient with me. I promise as soon as we come back, I'll get your phone calls, 877-973-7425. Phone number, 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phones. Bert, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I was... Um... Just wanted to call in. I know Georgia State Defense Force has come up on just conversations over the last few years, and I'm actually with that group, and we were uh, selected to be part of the troop inspection for Governor Kemp's inauguration yesterday. So I was there and representing. We are integrated in with the Air and Army National Guard and Georgia State Patrol, and we were the ones out front where he went in and, you know, just made sure we were okay and then accepted him, and helicopters flew over, and then we marched back up to the Capitol. So I just wanted to share that, and you know, that night the storms hit and we're, my group is spinning up to uh, probably roll out tonight or tomorrow down to a few counties. And, and uh, we're with the engineers group. So we're going to be cutting, you know, clearing debris and helping first responders get to the homes and that sort of thing. So just wanted to share that with your group. Well, look, God bless you for that. Uh, those storms yesterday, a lot of people in the southeast affected uh, Alabama, Georgia, and, and otherwise hit with uh, tornadoes. I got a, a friend in Griffin, Georgia, who they can't find their dog, and their home is in multiple pieces now. It was a we're, disaster. So um, we are headed that way. It's down there. Good. I, I'm pretty sure we're going down the Spalding area. I'm not quite sure. We're waiting on our orders now. That's kind of how we we can roll within an hour of um, you know the governor calling a state of emergency, which is a little different than the guard, which takes three days to spin up. So a lot of times we're we're packed, ready to go help, and we just could not wait to get down there and help these folks. Well, God bless you for doing it, Bert. Thank you very much. Um, it, it sure is needed. Real quick, there's some breaking news. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has officially notified uh, the Congress the United States will hit its debt limit on January 19th. According to Janet Yellen, the United States may have to take extraordinary measures to avoid default, some of the measures include payment delays in federal employee retirement account. Now, what are extraordinary measures? 
Those extraordinary measures are, among other things, contributing to retirement plans for federal employees to make headroom for Social Security payments and debt service payments, taking fees that flow into the federal government that are non-tax fees and routing them to cover other debts and then reimbursing those accounts later. Uh, once they can. Uh, so essentially what the Federal Reserve and or what the, the Treasury Department does is they tell everyone, oh my gosh, we're about to hit the debt limit. We're going to default on loans, except what they actually do is they don't. They scare everyone. They say default is about to come. But the federal government has an extraordinary amount of money that comes in through fees and other things and payments that they can defer. So they don't have to fill up your retirement fund uh, in the first month of January. It's kind of funny. I was I was actually sitting at the hotel uh, yesterday before the gala. Uh, there's a lady sitting next to me at the hotel bar. I was trying to get some food before I went over there. And she was there. Her husband was in town for an event. And she does um, essentially... HR, um, like outsourced HR. And she was talking about how her husband and his company wants to fill up everybody's 401k in January. And she's trying to convince him this is her business, that he can spread these payments out over the year as opposed to just doing it all in January. And it's kind of what the federal government does to some degrees. They put everything into the beginning so they don't have to do that. They just do it by practice. Uh, There are lots of things that they don't have to do that they do. And they'll just stop doing those things to be able to make sure debt service payments, social security payments are required to be paid at, uh, by legislation. So they have to comply with that. They got to comply with like bond payments. And they call these other things extraordinary measures. They're not really extraordinary measures. They're just things they're going to, they they can put off and choose not to. They, they, they try to scare us all with this stuff. Um, but they will run out of the ability to do that at some point. So Congress now gets his Kevin McCarthy. He's going to get his first fight raising this. And notice they waited until the very last minute to do this. Uh, they're trying to force Kevin McCarthy to break his word that he will give some discretion in, in how they proceed. We'll see where it goes. All right. Uh, back to the phones, Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Bob, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Sure. Hey, so my so my question is, what's the difference between uh, a big bank deciding that they don't like the business of a gun a gun business or a gun club and refusing to do business with them, and a, a baker in Colorado deciding he doesn't want to make cupcakes for a gay wedding? And don't we have some case law that says? That's illegal. Yeah. So the the difference, according to the courts, not you and me, according to the courts, is that one is discriminating against a person because of the identity of that person. Uh, the other is discriminating against a company or person because of a uh, behavior they can control. Um, that that would be the legal definition. I personally identify as a firearm, and so they shouldn't be able to discriminate against me and my guns uh, is the way I would go with this. But uh, the libs and the courts wouldn't go along with it. I, but your, I mean, your point is is taken. Uh, the, it goes the 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 corollary there though as well is yeah, I believe that uh, the banks should be able to discriminate. And I believe that uh, the bakers should be able to discriminate in certain cases. I mean, I, I everybody does discriminate. I, I know I, I had a guy whose office uh, was right near mine uh, for a while who refused to eat a Chick-fil-A, flat out discriminated against them because he didn't like the, the Kathy family. 
by the way, as an aside, I waited for 10 minutes in a Chick-fil-A line for breakfast this morning to get a chicken biscuit. And I couldn't even eat. The chicken was so tough. I just, and it's, it's not really their fault, but I waited that, I wanted that biscuit so bad. It was like God telling me, buddy, you, you, you can't have a chicken biscuit this morning. Cause it just, it was inedible. I was, and it took 10 minutes to get through that line, but neither here nor there. It's just, the chicken was so tough and stringy. But in any event, um, uh, the problem here is that a lot of these banks are discriminating because of a political agenda. And I do think you have to push back on that because banking should be uh, political viewpoint neutral in this country. There's a difference between a bank. You have to have a bank. Your paycheck's got to go somewhere. You got to be able to cash it. You got to be able to store your money. Uh, and they're given federal charters. And because they're given federal charters, uh, they should be new uh, viewpoint neutral as opposed to your run of the mill business. You got to be able to distinguish between the businesses. There's a difference between a baker and a bank. I, I think the baker should flat out be able to say, look, I don't want to use my talent to glorify something I post. Your bank, you got to be able to park your money and they got a federal charter. They should not be able to distinguish or discriminate against people, particularly someone who's exercising a literal constitutional right, the second of the constitutional rights in the Bill of Rights outside of the first, the ones in the First Amendment. Uh, 877-973-7425. Robert, you're up next. Welcome to the show, Robert. Well, how are you today? Good. How are you? Okay. Hey, uh, you were talking about how these banks are closing accounts. Well, I'm one of the individual account holders for a major bank, at least in the metropolitan Atlanta area. One night I had to deposit a check. So I get out of the car. I, I, I care on the Constitution carry, but I also have a, a permit simply because I understand that if I travel to another state, just in case they have reciprocity laws, I don't have to worry about any issues. So I get out of the car. So before I could, I guess, these walk-up teller machines that are outside of the bank, not necessarily through the drive-thru, mm-hmm. I walk up, and before I could cover my firearm, I guess the, the, the camera must have been already rolling. And so about maybe three weeks later, I get a letter from, from this bank telling me that they're closing my account and tell me exactly why they're closing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, of course, I got to struggle to get another bank. And then um, maybe about a week or so ago, I get a letter from the insurance company telling me I need to find another another homeowner's insurance simply because I had gotten a rider on the side of my firearms. So they're telling me I got to go shop around, I guess. Good grief. Yeah. Look, you're not alone in this. It's happening more and more. And this discrimination against people who are exercising not only their Second Amendment right, but also, I mean, you're in Atlanta at night. I, I don't, I was actually talking to a lady last night who says she has a piss, a revolver she carries everywhere. She likes a revolver instead of a, uh, like a Glock because she says it's, yeah, yeah. she says it's never going to fail. Uh, her revolver is it, and she keeps it with her wherever she goes because the, the crime situation, particularly if she's out at night, uh, this is this is absurd. Uh, thanks for sharing. I, I appreciate it. I hate that you went through that. 877-973-7425. And again, it's a constitutional right. You you have a right to keep and bear arms. It is the Second Amendment of the United States. Now, it is absolutely true. Some of the, some of the liberals who are listening are like, well, they don't have to do business with you. I would actually say that a federally chartered bank should not be allowed to discriminate. You have a federal charter. 
from Washington. So when you see, like, for example, a bank, and after the after it, it has the letters NA. That's National Association. It is a it's a federal charter. Or you're with the FDIC. You use the FDIC system. You should not be able to discriminate against people who are uh, exercising their constitutional rights. And yet we've gotten to this point where the left has pushed this argument that if uh, you, you think that uh, if the banker should be allowed to say, I'm not going to provide for a gay wedding, well, then you can't tell the bank anything. Actually, there are vast differences, like the power company. I don't think the power company should be able to say, I'm not providing you power because we disagree with you on X, Y, and Z. The power company is largely a monopoly. A bank per se is not a monopoly, but you have to have a bank. And when every bank is under pressure from the left to not do business with you, at some point, some government's got to step in to protect the people. Buddy of mine it says there actually is a law in Georgia already about guns and homeowner insurance. Robert, if you're listening, uh, this friend of mine says you should reach out to the insurance commissioner's office, John King. You should reach out to his office and talk to him about what happened with the bank, that um, there's a role for him to play there in dealing with this bank. Um, but this is becoming a, a, a real problem. It's a real problem, and it is something that we as a nation, we as a people, have got to be able to uh, deal with responsibly. Uh, and it's something that the left has decided they can use corporations to advance an agenda they can't get government to do. And the, I think, frankly, the right's response has to be governmental to some degree. It's got to be to stamp down on this stuff. Uh, the left is using the sympathies of the wokes within corporate America to go after conservatives instead of declaring them neutral playfields. Instead of beating us on a battle of ideas, they're just trying to put us all out of business with the power of major corporations. And you got to fight back on that. 877-973-7425 is the number. You know, one of the novel ways of doing this, I mentioned this earlier, is using Patriot Mobile because they're a Christian conservative cell phone provider and they actually take a portion of their profits to fund the Second Amendment cause, to fund uh, the life cause, to fund the conservative movement. They've even raised money to give to conservatives running for school board seats around the country against wokes and they, they've beaten them. They got a 100% win record. Uh, they're batting a 1,000 on this. But they use your money that you help them generate in their profits. All you got to do is take your business to them. You can take your existing cell phone number and port it over to Patriot Mobile. So you keep the same number, but you have a new cell phone provider. You can get a new phone number from them if you want to. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. If you want to do it that way. And tell them I sent you, you get free activation. You also get great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher. Look, I mean, yeah, you get a discount if you're an NRA member. They get lots of discounts. If you've got multiple lines for your family because you got kids and they all need cell phones, they might be able to save you some money. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, get free activation. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. If you are a business, reach out to them if you want to grow. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, they can help you. Where a lot of banks are saying no, they might be able to get you to yes. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you, just spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for their program, them for you. 
FirstLibertyGA.com. Back to the phones we go. Uh, I want to go to Robert next. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, uh, can you hear me, Eric? I can hear you. Okay, real fun. Hey, um, your your comments a minute, a few minutes ago about uh, how uh, the the political uh, correctness is affecting things like gun industry, things like that, and coming against it in a in a, a, a uh, an organized way. I spent my career in the transportation industry and railroad industry. And one of the things they did early on was put the fear of God in us about anti-competitive things, uh, restraint of trade, anti-Sherman Antitrust Act. And, you know, when we talk about an organized effort to come against a particular industry, that screams to me of antitrust. And I would think Mm -hmm. FTC uh, could climb all over this if they were so inclined. Yeah, Uh, and part of the problem, honestly, is I I think the Biden administration is privately encouraging the banks on this as opposed to cracking down on it. But you're right. Uh, It is anti-competitive. It it is uh, clearly an organized effort among multiple major banks to do this, and the government itself can step in. And, and again, there's a really big difference. Uh, People on the left don't like to acknowledge but there's a really big difference between banks and power companies and the like doing this and, and your run-of-the-mill small business saying, I'm not going to do business with you. There's a vast difference uh, because of not just the scale and the level of coordination, but also the type of business. Uh, banks are given charters. Uh, they're, they participate in the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. They get great benefits from the federal government to do banking. They shouldn't be able to do this, uh, and yet they do. All right, uh, stay on the phones. I'll get to you when we come back. Enjoying having conversations with you, 877-973-7425. I I, I want to acknowledge something because I've seen this among a lot of friends on social media. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley has died at 54, had a heart attack after the Golden Globes. You will not be surprised to learn a number of people. Oh, did she get vaccinated? This seems to be the thing now. If anyone goes into cardiac arrest, immediate presumption from some people in the right, oh, must have the vaccine, or I wonder if she did have the vaccine. We're just asking questions. Don't know. She didn't seem to be in good health for a while and, and uh, was suffering from heartbreak after her son committed suicide. What a, Her whole life seems to have been tragedy. She was the only child of Elvis Presley, 54 years old. Her mother uh, announced the statement and my sisters reacted to this. I have friends of mine on Facebook and Instagram. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's I, I recognize the power and impact of Elvis Presley in the same way I do the Beatles. It just wasn't my thing. And, and man, there are a bunch of boomers who just think the Beatles were the greatest thing ever. And I like their music, but it just, I, I, I listened to it like, really? I, give me Pearl Jam, please. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And Elvis was something very unique. Of course, the um, his th- that that uh, show Austin Butler the the music the rock and roll musical production Elvis won a lot of awards. Uh, he he was he was an icon, and I get that. Um, and I guess there there's a level of Americans say where we don't have royalty, but to some degree we do. And this was the king of rock and roll, and his only child has now died. Uh, She's born in 1968. Priscilla Presley lives on, and she, of course, has several children, several daughters who uh, still live, even though her son committed suicide. Uh, Just a, really, just a tragic, tragic uh, life, 
married Nicolas Cage, married Michael Jack. I forgot she had married Michael Jackson. Um, just, uh, I don't know, remarkable career. Tried to be a singer-songwriter. Um, was very hard to step out of the shadow of her father. Um, and I, I think it would be if you were... If you're where the child of Elvis Presley, as iconic as he is, I think it would be really hard to step out of his shadow. So just wanted to comment on that. Uh, when we come back, I want to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. We got more to go on to, including some Republican polling with some very surprising results. And I want to talk about George Santos.